Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHDO Cubs podcast. Kevin Wells again in the host chair tonight for Luke Stuckmeyer alongside Cody Del Mendo and the pitch doctor joining us, Brendan Miller. Cubs lose 8-3 to to kick off the second half of the season. The Boston Red Sox just had their number all night. Better pitching, hit the ball out of the park six times. Uh, first of all, before we start the show, if you are tuned in, hope you're safe and healthy. A lot of crazy weather around Chicagoland right now. Uh, DuPage County saw some tornadoes out west and some crazy lightning and storms. So if you are tuned in, please be safe. Hopefully uh, hopefully you're riding out the storm in a safe spot. Um, but again, tonight was a really tough one for the Cubs, Cody. Uh, Brian Bayo was great yep. for the Red Sox tonight. Ton of swing and miss. Fastball looked good. And Kyle Hendricks, just a forgettable outing, you know. Yep. Uh, Brendan Miller is also here yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. What's up, dude? He's actually joining us for post game for once. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah. I know Corey is probably me- like pissed that you're here and not him, but <laughs> you know. No, I think Corey's having just a fine night. I'm the one uh, dealing with this misery we got going on. That's true. I mean, that's the spin yeah. zone. Is he doesn't have to sit here and talk about this shit no. game. He planned it well. I did not. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, tonight. Kyle Hendricks didn't have it. And what's weird is that if you go back and watch the first inning, it looked like maybe the best half inning of the season for him. And then it just fell apart from there. And I don't, I, I'm not Brendan. I'm not, I don't like all the graphics and the heat maps and stuff. I don't understand it. All I know is that Kyle Hendricks' success is based off painting the edges, uh, getting people to swing and miss at that change up away. And inducing soft contact and he was giving up a lot of hard contact tonight and a lot of it went over the fence four homers given up he just didn't give them a real chance to win you know I I thought maybe after the fourth inning maybe he could maybe go into the fifth David Ross didn't really risk it um he just eight hits he struck out five didn't walk out walk anyone but again he gave up too much hard contact and that's you know that's that's the game you play when you with Kyle Hendricks you know like like he's as as good as he's been in the biggest moments of his Cubs career. He's also, you know, he's had games where it's like this, where if you leave something over the plate that's not, you know, it's not fast because he's he's a pitch to contact guy. Like hitters are going to hit it out. So, yeah, it was a very disappointing effort coming out of the All Star break. Yeah, he was doing so well before tonight. If you look at his command scores, he was hitting the edges with more frequency than like 90% of pitchers. And that's what he was doing when he was at his best. But pitchers like Kyle, 
who don't get that many whiffs, this tends to happen. We saw this with, uh, this with John Lester for a few times throughout his tenure. He's also someone who did not get that many whiffs. And it happens. Unfortunately, it happened on the first game back from the All-Star break, two and a half weeks, three weeks away from a trade deadline. Couldn't be worse timing, but <laughs> this tends to happen. When you put yourself, when the Cubs put themselves in a position like this, where one of these starts puts all of us in this terrible mood, you know, are we supposed to be surprised with the roster so far? I don't, I don't think so. That's it's, it's, it's frustrating that we're even at this point. Yeah, if there's any silver lining at all to this, and there's really not, because there was a lot of mental mistakes today. We saw Morel kind of misplay that ball uh, at uh, second base. Nico kind of let it go through. There was a clear path that ended up leading to a run on a sack fly, and then we saw another home run from Devers when they could have been out of the inning. We saw a base running mishap by Tucker Barnhart earlier. So that was just a lot. Yeah, just a lot of little things tonight where you could chalk it up to rust. You could chalk it up to whatever. But if there's any silver lining to this at all, it's that Ryan Bayo is uh, Red Sox fans have a have a real good reason to be smiling. He looks like the real deal. He's had a great month. He had another really nice game tonight. And if this is the game you're going to lose, this it's fine because you got Stroman and Steele going tomorrow now, or Stroman and Steele going the rest of the weekend. So that's the only silver lining you really get. But some of the some of the mental mistakes tonight, and again, more of the same problems that persisted, Brendan and Cor- uh, Cody from the first half of the season. I mean, Saya hitting the ball on the ground, half another 0 for four night tonight. Um, not the only guy really putting the ball in the air when the ball was flying out of the ballpark was Cody Bellinger again, and. I'm just not yep, sure. Master Boney almost went yard. Yeah, Master Boney too. Yeah, he hit see, one. See, Brennan knows. There's he a knows. spin zone. There's your. Sp- <laughs> That's gonna piss off the chat, Brennan. Look what you did. <laughs> Look what you see. I'm not the Boney only one who, who stands Miles Master Boney for the for the fa- for the sake go. of doing it. Yes. Yeah, yes. Vanilla Chill in the chat. It sucks if you trade Belly. You have signaled we aren't trying to win this year anymore, but you kind of have to trade Belly because he's not resign. I don't know if he's not if he's gonna resign or not, but. It's difficult, right? Like yeah. Bellinger's playing his best baseball right now, and right. He, he, it almost looks as if it's a trial for another team. Again, one game in, you still got 16 more before the trade deadline, two more against a, a very good Red Sox lineup. They've had guys hitting the ball for the last month of the year, and then you play a bunch of sub-500 teams. So it's not all – it's not a – you know, it's not all dead yet. Let's yeah. We can pump the brakes a little bit. If this is the game you're going to lose – this is the game you're, you know, it, it's okay, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, if that Kevin, makes sense. I, honestly, like, every loss to me is, is is anything but okay at this point. It's like, we need, like, this team is on the ropes. Like, these are the games where it, it does irritate me. You know, when you have mental gaffes and you have base running mistakes from your third, you know, backup to the backup catcher, it's like, what are we doing? Like, clean up this... Game. I'm seeing Barbara's asking if you're Luke Stuckmeyer's son, Kevin. Uh, I can see. That. <laughs> yeah. she always asks like that. Every time Kevin's here, she always asks. Been the ongoing, yeah. ongoing Barb joke. Yes, yeah. I'm not Luke Stuckmeyer's real son, but I, I do like it for the bit of the, uh, <laughs> for the yeah. bit. I do like it for the bit of the show. I'll mm-hmm. go with it. Yeah. Also, I mean, people people are very upset about what you said about Master Boney too. <laughs> but yeah, I missed that. We we played into it. No one can take a joke whenever the Cubs lose. It's fine. It's Listen, okay, man. 
all we have right now are jokes, okay? If I lose jokes, what else do we have? Come on, it's a Friday night. I have, there's a tornado in your guys' backyard over there. You know, yep. let's go out with a bang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alex Cora, uh, before we get deeper into this game, trying to give me a heart attack, pulling your pitcher out, fi- up five runs with two outs yeah. in a storm right over the yeah. left field bleachers. You could see the lightning in the background. They had to clear out the <laughs> stadium, like the lower bowl of the stadium, because the rain was coming. And it's like, dude, yeah. <laughs> let's get yeah. this game in. We don't want to sit through a rain delay. They got it in, and it's over. But God. Uh, yeah, you're right, though, Brendan. I mean, it's, it's a frustrating loss because I think we've – we've allowed ourselves to really bet on this team because they've played so many close games this year. They've lost so many close games this year. Not that this one was a close game at the end, but it was until Mark Leiter gave up that two-run home run. You really felt like they still had a chance. You know, had that been a 5-3 game and Talkman comes up with the bases loaded, you're feeling pretty good about it, right? Instead of an 8-3 game, you know? So that's the I think that putting compartmentalizing it and putting it into words that's that's the frustrating part about this team is they scrap and claw their way back and then all of a sudden it's a deeper hole and you can't keep the ball in the ballpark I appreciate you trying to find the silver linings though like I I, at least I appreciate (laughs) that when you have Cody and I right now in this mood someone has to be the beacon of light so thank you I to me, the offense tonight outside of Cody Bellinger was exactly like how it's been the, like since May 1st. I mean, what? Tucker Barnhart leads off, what, the third inning with a double. Talkman drives him in. The summer of Mike Talkman continues. It's 4-1. to one. You got Horner coming up. He hits an infield single. Uh, and you got – and then, like I said yesterday, Ian Happ coming up with runners in scoring position, hitting in the three-hole again tonight. And what's he do? He pops out at third base. It doesn't even give you a productive out, bro. Doesn't even move him to third base on like a, a fly ball or something. And listen, I I think that them extending Hap and and all of that, I still agree with it. They're, they got him on a good deal. It's a team-friendly deal. Like, it's it's not – it's hard to find players as good as Ian Happ. My whole thing is that they're using him in a role or in a spot in the lineup that he just hasn't excelled in all season. And when you have Cody Bellinger mashing baseballs for not just one, two days, literally this entire month of July hitting fifth. Like, I know it's not that much different, but – wouldn't you rather have Cody Bellinger up in that moment compared to with no one on? You're right. It's I, not that different, but it made a difference tonight. Yeah. yeah. Like you're the 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 hitter in the three or the four hole is more likely going to come up with guys on base than the guy in the in the in the fifth hole. I don't know if that's actually true, but I always feel like that's no, that's, that's true. the math. Those, those don't are don't good let dumb the, metrics. Those are yeah, good dumb yeah, metrics. Yeah, metrics says more more guys are going to be on base when with the three or the four hitter coming up compared to the fifth. Whatever you can agree to disagree with that if you don't agree with me. All I'm saying is is you're there's going to be more of those opportunities with guys in that three or the four hole and Ian Happ. I, again, one game, he could definitely have a better game tomorrow. I give more credit to Brian Bayo than anything else tonight because he's been good. We talked about him pregame. But it's just like they refuse to change anything up with that part of the lineup. And Happ and Suzuki both just look miserable in the three and the four hole tonight, man. Like, if yeah. those guys aren't doing anything, 
in those spots, then why not try and move them around and see if that takes some pressure off? You know, because then after half pops out the third Suzuki, I think grounded out. And like I, we keep saying, great hard hit rate, but does nothing but hit ground balls right now. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's got to get the ball in the air, man. I, I mean, I the got, power outage know. for Seiya right now is a problem. And it's, it's a problem when you're batting him in the middle of the lineup. And I totally agree with you. And to your point, I, I looked it up. At the plate this season, Ian Happ, leading off an inning, so no guys on. He's leading off an inning. Came into the game 13 for 52, three homers, three RBIs, and 900 OPS, leading off an inning. So speaking to your point of maybe not having him with guys on, maybe he's a little bit more comfortable in that role. Well, he's, just been, get, he's been getting on base at a really great clip all season. Yeah. Why, why can't he just yeah. bat leadoff or bat, put him in the, in the two-hole? You know what I mean? I, like I'm with you. I mean the number the number. I don't know it. if it's just going to change anything. I don't know if it's going to make the offense better. All I'm asking is for a change. Like yeah. that's that's all the point that I'm saying is, it's insanity, dude. It's insanity doing the same thing over and fucking over, bro. <laughs> I'm tired I mean, of I, it. When we have to spend so much time talking about the lineup, that points to just in incredible roster flaws i don't ever want to be talking about the lineup like ever the lineup should be obvious you should have an obvious three hitter and obvious four hitter and when that doesn't happen we will have conversations like this and to your point cody like yeah i wanted my default is always be aggressive and always push the boundaries with decisions so we saw ross do that throughout the season with master boney batting leadoff with nick magical batting leadoff both those guys were in iowa like three games later after they were batting leadoff so with the logic of batting Saya and ian consistently in the heart of the order three and four there has to be an underlying reason why they're doing that or why Ross is doing that. I don't understand it. I don't care if you have Bellinger bat, honestly, lead off. I honestly don't care what the lineup is as long as you have your best hitters batting in the top five. But sure, move move half to the second spot, move Saya to the leadoff spot, move Nico down if you want. Like, sure, I have no problem with that. But I honestly, I don't think our conversations and our overall feel of this team would drastically change. We may have like, you know, a few more runs here or there, but like, I don't know, man, like this, this, this roster and this lineup has such gaping holes in it. I don't think it's going to matter that much, unfortunately, but I hear and you. We, and we saw in the chat earlier, I, I don't, you, I don't remember who yeah. commented it. You, I don't remember who commented it, but it said, the Cubs need, and it really does boil down to this. I mean, this is Delmetrics at its finest. The Cubs need a superstar. There's yeah. too many replacement level players on this team. Yes, that's 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 an obvious one. And what I really liked, and we'll we'll get to Jed Hoyer, who spoke to the media before today's game about the trade deadline, about the draft a little bit. We'll hear his thoughts on what they're trying to do and where they're kind of how they're gauging their day to day thoughts about what they're going to do, depending on if the team if they win, if they lose. Who are they going to sell? Jed kind of goes through that in a bite. But what David Ross said on the broadcast tonight, I really liked that he really didn't hold back any punches when he said, yeah, we're not getting any production from the first base position. We all know that. Everybody in the chat, you, all, us three, we're watching these games. It's obvious. I mean, the first base position, they're not getting any power. They're not getting any offensive production there. And, he, and Ross said that. He goes, we need to find a bat for the first base role. We need to find a third base. We need to find some power you know that 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 is obvious we've talked about that but it was nice to hear that from him a little bit because 
let's be honest, this this Jared Young thing's not working right now. I'm not not to say it won't work in the future, but I, I mean he has been abysmal at the plate. He has two hits in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. I mean, or two hits in eight games. Excuse me. I mean, come on, what are we doing here? This, the Jared Young experience has to come to an end here pretty soon. And I, I see a lot of people talking about, you know, Canario had two hits tonight in minors. Mervis had Velasquez, Mervis. Yeah, both had two hits. Uh, yeah, it might be time to flip the switch on Mervis again. It's been time for a handful of those dudes down in Iowa, in some aspect at least. And they've, they've given the run for a lot of dudes that gen- – and for a handful of them, I don't really understand. I mean, it's – it's kind of, it's it's the bit a little bit of me like supporting Miles Masterboni, but I I know that he hasn't been good guys like get off my ass about it all right, um, but yeah like Nelson Velasquez for example like I don't think he's a good outfielder but we've had DH problems all season why haven't you given him a shot to really try and own in in that in that it's kind of head scratching right honestly especially now especially now that Trey Mancini hasn't proved to be consistently good at bat. Right, like so, I, I, I don't know why they haven't given Velasquez that opportunity. Uh, Mervis, I never thought they should have sent him down to begin with. Kind of talked about that in the in the pregame, and then Canario, you know, good to see him back healthy. Get him some more bats; he'll be up at some point before the season ends. But anyway, yeah, it's it. They just like like Brennan said, like they have a lot of guys that, you know. You just yeah. you don't know what you're going to get out of a hand of a handful of them, and what makes it to me what makes it even more frustrating though is that your guys that you're paying to not necessarily be superstars, but even just be star players, aren't even being star players, and that that has been Ian Happ and Say Suzuki, man. Like I I gave Say Suzuki the the you know a. Uh, the time he's coming off the oblique injury i didn't freak out after a week two weeks a month i gave him time dude he's making a lot of money to be a rum producer and play right field for this franchise and you still have him for another what three years after this and he has six homers and he's just not giving you anything like it's yeah it's frustrating and ian hap's coming off the all-star year he had a great April, got paid, and it's been downhill since. I don't know what, what it is. I, to me, the reason I bring up the spot in the lineup is sometimes that shit gets in your head and you feel like, feel like you have to do more. So my thinking yeah. is if you put him in a position where there's not as much pressure, maybe you can start to get that production that you were getting from him again. It's the only reason I really bring it up. Would I love for him to excel in the three-hole? Yes, because we've seen him show power. We've seen him show that he can drive runs in. He just ain't doing it. And it's not just for a week or two. It's been months, yeah. actual months. So when, I, I'm I, out of ideas, bro. <laughs> I think all of us are. I, I think their their value is written in their contracts. Like, Hap is making $60 million Say it's making 80 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but they're not making 150 plus, 200 plus. The reason they're not because there's an inherent level of risk in their profiles. And those are the three, those are the two guys who you're batting third and fourth. You're accepting that risk. You're accepting games like tonight and stretches like we've seen over the past two weeks. And that's being reflected in the amount of money they're making. In years past, when the Cubs were at the top 
tier of the league. They had pre-R players, they had expensive players, but ultimately a lot of their guys through arbitration were making and breaking records in arbitration because they were clear, bona fide power, middle of the order guys. Rizzo, uh, Bryant, they don't have that right now. So Ian Happ is a good hitter. Is he a three and four hitter on a playoff caliber team? Absolutely not. Is no. Seiya, would you go into a year expecting to win 100 games, giving Seiya the bulk majority of cleanup at-bats? A- absolutely not. That's just not good process. So a lot of the blame or maybe blame's a harsh word. I don't even know what the Cubs' intention was with their front office and their decisions, but like this is a team they put out. It hasn't worked. The lineup's not producing. They have no production from first base. Third base has been a weird black hole. Uh, you know, th- this is what you are willing to risk when you make the decisions or fail to hit on the margins with the decisions that you did make with Mancini and Hosmer. And as a result, as a fan, you can give confidence or lack of confidence to the front office going forward. For me, I lack that surefire confidence in this front office right now. It doesn't discount a lot of the moves that we've seen that have been good. I think Dansby signing has been above my expectations, many fans' expectations. I think how they've developed some pitchers over the past three years has been really encouraging. I, I like the extension to Ian Happ, the development of Nico, and, and buying out his pre-RB years is arguably a good decision. But overall, it doesn't discount a lot of the limitations and a lot of the weaknesses and the continuous lack of free agent veteran signings that have really dug this team perhaps to another sell-off in July. And to me, that's not acceptable despite some of the good things going on in this front office. I agree. Oh, I, uh, you, you mm-hmm. said that very well. I don't, I don't, I, I agree 100%. I, a sell-off, I don't think we're going to see a sell-off either, truthfully. I think we'll see some guys potentially go. It'll be a soft sell. I know that's a phrase you've kind of been using, Cody, a little bit. Uh, anyway, we have a super chat. You brought up um, Rizzo and Bryant, and that was one of them from Baseball Junkie. Watch KB and Riz take each other on in Denver. Uh, KB homered. They talked about the last out of Game 7. Kept on the Cubs. Baseball is romantic. Five dollars from baseball did junkie. The, did the Yankees and the Rockies play tonight? They must have. Yeah. Uh, super chat number two. I can't. I can't watch that video. I can't see it. Yeah. Of I don't want to see that video <laughs> you, either. You guys. You guys are like family. You're all so relatable and real. Love tuning in every night, even after a loss. More entertaining than a game. Baseball junkie. Very nice view. Thanks, bro. Thank we appreciate the ten bucks from the two super chats from you. Yeah. I mean. I don't again I don't think that I don't think it's going to be a sell-off but the lineup and the roster construction like any team has its flaws it is just difficult though to see them keep giving chances to Master Boney and <laughs> Jared Young and Tucker Barnhart all those guys playing all those guys playing in the same lineup I know they got guys on the IL their hands are kind of tied but I don't believe you should be playing all three of those guys in the same lineup. Like, you weren't forced to do that. You're coming off the all-star break. Guys are healthy. You had Gomes and Amaya available. Amaya's got a better ERA with Hendricks than Barnhart does in his last couple starts. Uh, So I I thought maybe, oh, maybe Hendricks just preferred Tucker. But that sounds like more of a lineup decision. And they definitely went with the matchup game with the lineup because lefties hit better against Bayo than righties have this year. And it, what I say, it's significant. I think it was around like three or not three, but uh, 280 compared to like 220. 
somewhere around that. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... For, like, lefties were hitting, like, 280, righties were hitting, like, 220 against him. That That's not... That's a roundup, by the way. But I'm just saying that's my guess on why Mastroboni and Barnhart and Young were in the lineup. But also with Young, yeah. it's like we talked about in pregame, we were all we were kind of, I was kind of surprised at least that Mervis didn't get the call back up to start the second half of the year. It's not like Jared Young has done much to impress us yeah, at matchup all. Matchup shouldn't matter with those guys. I, I they're not I hitting agree. anybody. They're not yeah. hitting anybody right now. So yeah. That's that's my that's my complaint. If again the lineup again, like we said, Brendan shouldn't matter as much as it does, and I don't think it mattered a whole lot tonight. I really just think that the Red Sox, the Red Sox are a good team, and they have guys hitting the ball like crazy right now. They had six home runs tonight. They came in. They were talking about this a lot on the broadcast night. Came in in twenty second in the league in home runs. Hit the ball out of the park six times tonight. No cheap shots either. Maybe one of them uh, kind of snuck out. The wind definitely helped a few, but. Gosh, I mean, Rafael Devers, there's your third base power. Dude, smoked two home runs tonight. Over $300 million, Rafael Devers. And he appears to be worth it, right? Your all-star third baseman. And, you know, the Red Sox made a decision. They made a decision not to pay Mookie Betts or um, Xander Bogarts, and they chose to keep Devers. And, you know, it seems to be working out for them for right now. The other guy that they have is Masada Yoshida. I mean... He's been great. <laughs> he has an eight-game hitting streak, and I, I saw this, too, from a Red Sox guy, J.P. Long on Red Sox Twitter. Yoshida has eight straight multi-hit games. That's the longest of any lefty in their franchise since who? Can you guess? I don't want to guess because I don't care. Ted Williams in 1940. So, I mean, it, that's a <laughs> pretty great stat. I mean, they, they got a lineup. They're hitting the ball all over the place in the Cubs right now don't have the replacement guys to come up and do that and that's the unfortunate part you know this episode we'll look back on this like hopefully three four years from now and be like oh my god how dark were those times we're talking about jared young <laughs> matt mervis coming up who's struggling we're talking about tucker barnhart miles masterboni nick magical in the lineup what the are we doing like what are we doing here like this is a top tier market this is a top tier yeah. should be a top tier run organization you look at the Dodgers, you look at all these teams who have been consistently successful across multiple eras, and we're in this position. So, it, like, we've been doing this for so long. I'm exhausted talking about the lineup. I'm exhausted talking about David Ross's decisions. Like, these, are, these, these decisions should not even be on the table. Like, everything to me has to be an obvious decision. It was obvious. I keep saying obvious. It's like the key word of the season. It was obvious in 2016. There was never a guess of, oh, no, I don't know if we should be batting Ben Zobris fourth, which he did most of the time because half the lineup was hitting 30-plus home runs. It didn't matter who batted where. Everyone on that team hit. The pitching staff went deep almost every start. That was a historical run from the pitching staff. The defense was top tier. The base running was the best we've seen in years. There was never a second guess. So unfortunately, we're second guessing nonstop. I don't have the answers. Kevin, you have, don't have the answers. Cody, you have no answers. It's not no. our top yeah, they're 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 far far away from having that lineup and being top notch and, and everything. It's not but even it's not even clear that it's around the corner, and that's to me something I can't shake. 
Like, yes, there's a lot of good things going on in this organization, but tell me, like, in, in the farm system, where are you going to get that high-impact value? You have to go outside the organization to get it. And I love Pete Crow Armstrong, the attitude. I'm going to love that guy when he's up, right? That all-out winning attitude. I think Owen Casey's power profile is really interesting, but it comes with a high degree of risk given the strikeouts, given the whiffs. Outside that, everything is so volatile. The ceiling's quite high. The volume of prospects is quite high, but it is very volatile. And it, it leaves me incredibly unsettled. Yeah. I mean, to close out this segment, I mean, I'm just... I, I hear Brennan and pretty much agree with most of what he's saying, like on like where the organization is right now. Like I'm just, I feel like every, every other week or so I'm like, I talk myself into thinking that that around the corner could come if this team could just put it together. And as much as we sat here about how, flawed this roster is and everything we also have sat here and said that this team should have a better record than what it has yeah and i mean their expected record should be it was according to their run differential was 47 and 43 baseball's a weird sport you're gonna lose games that you're supposed to win and vice versa well, yeah but, you don't yeah. you're not supposed to blow a game six to nothing to the brewers you're not yeah. supposed to blow a game six to one to the astros Good on my don't. fucking birthday yeah, you're not mean, supposed to blow a game four to nothing to the angels because of a freaking error at first base you're not supposed to blow a uh, two to nothing lead against the Dodgers on the road when you actually think you have a closer, but you haven't named a closer because you refuse to name a closer. I, I mean, I could keep going. Like it's, it's dumb shit like that. And like Brennan yeah. said, it's like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of questions with everything. And but at the same time, they they have had a lot of games where they should have won, but one guy or two guys didn't have it didn't have it that night, and they mm-hmm. blow a huge lead, whatever. That didn't happen tonight. They just didn't show up and play correctly in all facets of the game. But it's – I guess that's what makes it so much more frustrating to me because last year was easy to just, like, get over the fact that they weren't good. It took me longer than a lot of you guys. But, like – Why why is that, you think? Like, why – because I was the same way. Like, the losses last year was, like, easier to get over, right? Like, this year – Because there was no expectations last year. Right. Like, as much as I – as much as I wanted to think that maybe they could win 80 games, like I knew that there were no expectations and yeah. that they really didn't try hard enough to make the team better. This offseason, they literally put $300 million <laughs> into the team. And well, here we are, and it's only, we're only a little bit different. Like it's, we're, instead of, oh, we know that we're selling, we're just going back every other day, depending on if the team wins or loses. It, 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 discussing if they're going to sell or buy and it's just like like brendan yeah. said it's it's exhausting dude like it's exhausting like it, it, really, it really it really isn't like one last because i can go on for this for, for hours but like it, it's it's hard it's hard to like express all this right because like in one sense you know we, we you guys do these shows every day I, I do it once a week with Corey, but like there are some times where it's like man am i coming off too optimistic am i coming off as too negative and it's this weird balance so it's like trying to find the middle ground where it's like okay i like what's going on in this part of the organization i really don't like what's going on in this part of the organiz- organization and what i come down to is like my expectations for this front office and this organization are unrealistically high and I think for a fan, they have to be that way. If if the expectation is not to be like where the Rays are at or where the Dodgers are at, then like you're kind of, to me, I'm lying to myself. 
Like if it's not even approaching that degree of success, I'm not happy about it. I'm not thrilled about it. And like, that's kind of where I'm at. And to your point, Cody, like, yeah, it could work. Honestly, you can win World Series. You don't have to be the best run organization. You can fall into a World Series. It's happened for many teams in the past. It's all possible. But to me, I want that year in, year out, consistent success. And right now, that could happen. But in the current moment, it's not clear that it's an a likely scenario. It was clear in the mid 2010s. You saw the writing on the wall. You saw Theo and the market inefficiencies with the international free agent signings, breaking that, overspending their pool, using that to trade for Miguel Montero, using that to trade for a role this Chapman. Like you saw what was going on from an executive standpoint. And right now, you don't see that. You don't see those types of clever, cutting edge moves. And that concerns me. Yeah. Okay, we should. Well, this is certainly um, (laughs) this is certainly a judgment, not a judgment free zone because we're judging the hell out of the Cubs lineup right now and what they're moving. But I'll tell you about a place that is a judgment free zone, Sunnyside. Oh, Sunnyside, your home for judgment free cannabis shopping. It's a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. A one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering, in-store pickup, great transparent loyalty programs with Sunnyside Rewards. Our guy Cody, or, uh, Corey today made a stop at the Sunnyside in Wrigleyville. Walked by, sent us a little fun photo with his Shady Rays on, walking back. So, again, quick in-store pickup. He's been there a handful of times. He loves it. Illinois' favorite dispensary from the city to the suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South Beloit. And now an athlete that made me feel really good this week, kind of like Sunnyside does when I'm, after a bad Cubs loss, I'll go home and smoke it over. Justin Steele made me feel pretty good this week. Uh, he's I was, my athlete of the week for uh, for Sunnyside. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, he made me feel good. I also Miles Masturboni hitting those fly balls to the warning track. <laughs> Brendan, I know those made Power, both man. of us feel great. I, oh my you know, gosh, unreal. Yes. They, I got out of my seat. I was shaking. I was like, oh, is this finally it? Yeah. No. It was just fun to watch Justin Steele in the All Star game today. It was a nice high to see a Cubs pitcher have success on the uh, national TV level. It was fun. Through August, head to Sunnyside. Make sure you use that code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. Yeah, 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's only for new customers. Anyone can use that code, though. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 or over. Yeah, and an Illinois medicine card holder. Uh, so as you see on our table here, FOCO, we love FOCO. Uh, this Clark the Cub bobblehead came from Foco. I think we have a Hayden Wisniewski one around here somewhere, too. I'm yeah. still high on him. Uh, you can also go get your Matt Schwarmer one. I know Brennan was really hot. He really was interested in Matt Schwarmer last year. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Daniel Don't Norris. Don't under the bus. Oh, wow. You know, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. There's the optimist. Gets the best of us. Gets the best of us. Of Go course. get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, uh, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Get decorations. Foco has donated a few awesome pieces to our set, like I said. Uh, go show them some love. Check out foco.com. 
or click the link in this, the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Um, before we start the next segment, I, we should tell everyone about the Crosstown Takeover we're doing here at uh, in a couple weeks, right? I cannot wait. Yeah, It's going to be so dope. Cubs socks. Uh, I guess if there's anything that makes us all feel better is the White Sox I saw were getting creamed nine to nothing tonight, and they just they're supposed to be in the winning window. We were wondering if maybe we would enter something like that this year. No ex, not nearly as high as expectations I think as the Sox. Um, so if that makes you guys feel any better, anyway, uh, J- July 26th, Cubs will be at the cell or guaranteed rate field, wherever you want to call it. Uh, we'll do a pregame meetup at four o'clock at the Carrick Pub, which is in Oak Forest. Um, and then we'll all shuttle to the game from the bar. Um, we'll all be sitting in Section 529. If you get a ticket to this event, it pays for your ticket to the game. You get a free T-shirt, which is showing up on the screen now. It's uh, the two newest baseball shirts that we just released uh, here at CHGO. Um, and, yeah, you get to you'll hang see out Co- with You'll all see Cody out there in his White Sox one. Why would you say see that? Sean Anderson in his Cubs one? Oh, yeah. We'll just, just we'll, kidding. We'll change it all up just to fool everyone, right? <laughs> uh, if you don't want to go to the cell, uh, which I wouldn't blame you, you can go to beautiful historic Wrigley Field on August 16th. Uh, we still haven't decided what bar we're going to do the pregame at, but it will be in Wrigleyville, so it will be walking distance from uh, the, pol- the ballpark. We'll be sitting in Section 425. Texas, same thing. You get a, the free T-shirt plus the ticket to the game. You can hang out with all of us, have some beers. Uh, we can just – all sit together and bitch about this dumb baseball team we all like. So it uh, should be a lot of fun, whether the Cubs are good or bad or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, point. well, the good thing is with that, with the White Sox, um, come that game, that quick two-game set midweek at the, at the rate, that's going to be a shell of the team you see now. A lot of those guys are going to be out of town. The White Sox are abysmal. They're going to be trading. It's going to be a massive sell-off on the south side. So hopefully the Cubs can capture both of those games. I'll be out there on the 20, whatever that Wednesday game is, the 26 or 27. 26, yeah. I'll be out there on the 26. I know you'll be there. Yep. going to do a little grilling in the parking lot, having some fun. So that should be a good time. Ryan Herrera, all the White Sox guys will be there too. So, yeah, come out and join us. It should yeah, be a really, really good time. Brennan, you going to fly out from California and join us? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see how good of a I would I love am. for that to actually happen. Come I on, we need to bury to the you. White Sox together, Brendan. <laughs> okay, we'll see, Kevin. Maybe just for you and Cody, of course. Cubs <laughs> drop this one eight to three. Uh, Red Sox take game one right out of the break. Ryan Herrera is going to join us here coming up shortly from the clubhouse. But we want to get to what Jed Hoyer was talking about pregame because. This is a busy time of year for general managers in all of baseball. You got the draft. You got the trade deadline. You got, you know, phones ringing off the hook like we'll hear him say in just a moment. And the Cubs are in a spot right now where it looks like they're going to probably be a little bit of both, like you said. It looks like they're going to sell some pieces. Obviously, the big names are Stroman and Bellinger. But... And games like tonight certainly shift the needle and you think, you know, you, you have more of the recency bias and you're like, oh, they're definitely going to sell. But listen to what Jed had to say about not taking things day by day. You know, we have a couple weeks and uh, a lot of phone calls today, but it just picks up in volume and intensity as we as we go for the next two weeks. And um, you know, I think that we're not about to make any deals today. I think obviously we're going to you know, see where we are and, and our hope certainly is that we, that we play well for the next two weeks. Um, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll sort of assess. And I don't want this to be a, a day-to-day assessment type thing. Like obviously that's it's baseball, but you know I think we um, 
know, we need to make up ground on first place. We need to make up ground on 500. How, that's that's important. How hard is this decision for you, knowing that the team has shown some really good signs of playing well together and getting momentum going at the same time? You have to look at the long term health of your team. Yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah, I think these decisions are hard. Uh, and you know, like I said, I think we want nothing more than to, to play really well, really well for the next two weeks. Um, but but those little decisions, in, in, you're, you're you're asking the question, they're phrasing the question about like what it'd be like if we're selling. But I think the decisions are hard no matter what this time of year. I don't think that uh, buyers view their decisions as uh, as simply either. It's a it's a complicated time of year, and there's a number of teams that are in um, sort of similar positions, and so I think a lot will. Uh, play out around baseball over the two weeks now here and, and elsewhere in terms of teams uh, you know, figuring out exactly where they are and making their best at, or making their best estimate of that uh, at the right time and, and making decisions. So there's Jed Hoyer talking about the trade deadline and we need to get back to 500. We need to make up ground on our division. So he, he, he didn't give up too many specifics. There was a little vague, but I don't know how you guys felt watching that. And I want to hear did did you hear any optimism in his voice? Did you hear any positive sign, anything like, hey, we'd love to keep this wrong? Because he changed his tune a little bit in the broadcast with when he was sitting with Joe Girardi and Boog talking about Bellinger. When Bellinger hit a home run, he happened to be there and goes, you know, we love the way Cody's played. He's really take the coaching staff loves him because he just does everything the right way and he wants to play every day. But in this little snippet that we just saw, it really doesn't sound like he's committed to anything yet. But then we've heard the reports that he totally is. So what do you guys think? I really, I don't know. I think, I think he's going to buy. I think that they look at their big analytics guys and they're looking at this team and they're looking at the lineup right now and they're, you know, the expected win total. And I think they're looking at that saying, hey, we can win this division. But I could be wrong. What do you guys think? <laughs> Brennan, go first. <laughs> I mean, uh, this 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 team is so many games below 500. Like, if yeah, Jed were to go on camera, if they were to go, if he were to go on camera, and be like, "Yeah, we're clear buyers," it would be surprising. If he were to go on camera and say, "Hey, we're clear sellers," it would also be surprising. So the fact that he was middle ground is not surprising to me. You have to assess see where you are two weeks from now, and I'm sure he's pretty open minded about everything. The one thing with Jed that I'm curious to see play out is the internal pressure from his selfish point of view, from his selfish job point of view. I imagine if I were in Jed's shoes and you're going through another losing season for the third consecutive year, I would be a little worried about my boss's viewpoint, about my performance. So I do wonder if that is going to influence what he does at the trade deadline and maybe there is long-term security beyond the next year that we don't know about but if i were jet i'd be a little worried right now and if i were to sell off yet again i think that would signal to my boss that i don't know if you should really trust that we're going to be winning next year and if that's going to be a problem then you know i may not sell some of the guys out of pure self-security yeah i mean i i tend to agree with that i also just like like what Brennan said, it is a bad look to sell, to fully sell three consecutive trade deadlines after they told us that it's not a rebuild. 
right? Like it's just bad for a business. You see that it in the radiance. Especially you, with like Marquee. Marquee's been, you know, pretty much I won't I I get it. I love the the town at Marquee is great. It's what they're doing that's kind of they, a lot of things that they do behind the scenes is kind of what's what I think is what's failing them, right? The fact that you can't just until well until recently or in I guess I don't know whenever you can do it, but eventually people will be able to just subscribe to Marquee on like a streaming app yeah, or whatever. The direct to consumer. The director, yeah, yeah. The yeah. But for the last handful, like since it started in 2020, you couldn't do that. So you take WG in a way, and then you make it harder for them to watch the Cubs, and it's already hard or already bad enough that the Cubs weren't good. And they had the trade deadline in 2021 where you sold off all these guys who helped win the World Series. You didn't even have, like, those names being able to bring faces in. Like, they, it's it's been a failure, right? Um, so you have that, you know, the fact that they're in a the market that they're in. Like, they, there, there's, there's plenty of reasons like what Brennan's saying that makes sense onto why Jed – wouldn't necessarily fully sell because of his job and also just given the situation of where the organization is again we we've basically been told without being told in this instance that they would be starting to ascend fully into full playoff contention by 2024 yeah and listen like it, it we've seen a lot of good this year we've seen a lot of bad there hasn't been really a middling ground of it. It's it's yeah. it's good or bad, right? And I, I, I'm at a point where if you sell everyone, if you like, if you trade Strowman, okay, then who are you going to replace him with? You're going to have to go spend money in the offseason to replace that. Why yeah, would you do that? That's my if you're, point. Yeah, and if you're, it's the same thing with Bellinger. It's like, well, Bellinger has given you Gold Glove defense in center field and arguably even first base. And on top of that, when he's healthy, he is hit for you. And it's not like he's 32, 33 years old. He's 27. Like, it makes all the sense to keep a guy like Bellinger if you plan on being good in 2024. Because, again, this year you came in the year with hopes of maybe winning the division, not full-on, like, favorites, but hopes if some things worked out, you had some prospects come and do and do things. Didn't not some things have worked out, some things haven't, and that's why you're in this position. To me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to at least full on sell. It makes more sense to and, and what's maybe the add or move a piece. What, you know? What's the definition of a full on sell? Is it just like the just last talk, handful of trade deadlines? Are we talking Bellinger and well, I'm talking this team right now. A full on full scale trade deadline would be what two players bellinger and stroman that would that constitute as a full and then go into like michael fulmer in your bullpen maybe mark leiter jr maybe julian merriweather uh yeah see that's the thing i i agree i totally brendan your point is spot on i totally the the job security is there for a little bit but you're right selling off three straight deadlines when you have the opportunity right now to Keep Strowman around. Again, they they're not ones to really extend midseason. That doesn't happen a ton, but I I don't think just from everything we've heard from Ricketts. Again, it can be smoke and mirrors, whatever people want to say. It's and again, it's just my best guess at this point. It just it doesn't feel like they're gonna sell everybody. I, it really doesn't. It really it, they're six games under five hundred. They got an easier schedule coming up. We've talked about that a bunch tonight. 
I don't. I really, I really do not think they're going to trade guys. I don't. I don't. I just, yeah. just my gut feeling. Yeah, my. <laughs> I don't have a gut feeling with this. I. One of the things I struggle with is if by trading Strowman and Bellinger, you you take away information that might prove valuable if you want to extend them. The concern I have with both those guys are related to their age and just recent history. With Stroman, he's going to be 33, mid-30s. He's not a guy who lives off of strikeouts. He's cut from that Kyle Hendricks cloth. And those guys typically are hard to project in their mid-30s. I like Stroman. Like, I'm very interested in bringing him back, but I wonder what the market is for him right now. Cody Bellinger has had some very weird extreme years coming off some injury-riddled months as well, and extending him now is probably not the right decision either uh i totally agree with that yeah so like you know and you to have these guys in house is really valuable because you have their medicals you have what they're going through adjustment wise and i I think that's i think that's perhaps more valuable than a mid-tier prospect in trades that being said though it goes back to the earlier point not to harp on it too much i'm just in one of those moods i guess but like man like if you're hedging your bets on the future on like you know, Marcus Stroman, a mid-30-year-old guy who gets below average whiffs, man, like, God, like, what the hell is going on here? Like, You have to be in a position where you don't just have one Justin Steele, but you have him coming up, you have him throughout the rotation, you're, you're having guys who, you can, who can spell guys who had recent injuries like Tampa Bay Rays and losing, you know, all their Cy Young candidate guys, and I want to be in a position where like the Rays, you're, you're signing someone like Zach Eflin for $40 million because you see something that your pitching infrastructure can optimize. And that's what's happened for Zach Eflin. And the Rays, of course, are in a division contention yet again with many pitchers in their system. That's where I want to be. I hope we get in that position. But from right now, I don't, I don't think it makes sense to extend Stroman today, right now. I also know that this team needs pitching for next year and i'm unsure where they get it if they don't extend stroman so it's a weird place to be i don't know how to feel about it yeah well our guy ryan what's that says the general consensus yeah it's a it's a ton of gray area right and that's what the trade deadline is and it ultimately comes down to how the team performs and comes down to jed hoyer's decision making and you know i say that there's six under right now if yeah. they get to, if they fall back to ten under again, then I think you, I think I would move into the lane of you know trading Stroman and at least Stroman at least. Um, I don't think yeah. I mean like if you're gonna put you know if you're gonna force me to make a decision, I don't think like you trade either of those guys right now. I don't think I, I want that information. I want that in house for the next two months. But also baseball to your earlier point, Kevin, it's the dumbest sport. Like I can't believe that I was brought up in a baseball environment. Like this is like torture for me. So with that being said, like this team can turn it around, have a winning stretch, and they're right back in the division hunt because it's right there. And even despite all these problems, all of our depressing. Uh, spouts over the months like it could still work out and that's the crazy part about this sport I don't think you just give up that opportunity right now yeah. eight to three Red Sox beat the Cubs our guy Ryan Herrera was there he's gonna join us here popping in a uh, moment gonna get him on board here in just a second um, I I really I'm not sure man I'm, I'm disappointed in the loss obviously tonight but I'm really trying to view it in a long-term view kind of like 
Jed said. I, I don't really think that – I think it's one game. you got 16 more to go. There's still plenty of time to make up ground, and you're playing a good team right now. It so. helped that Milwaukee lost too. Yes. A great point, yeah. Or that the Reds they lost. Won. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee yeah. won. Milwaukee won. So they stay seven back. Whatever. And they got, like, real pitching issues, too. They have an exciting young positional core, but they got some pitching issues. And Hunter Green has an injury right now. So, like, yeah, it's still absolutely. up for grabs. Absolutely. Well, Brendan, uh, thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, this was fun. I'm sorry that I was depressing, but that's just what I am right now. I feel like when uh, you do join, they all, like it is usually after a loss. However, they did win when you were here. I know. That's the problem. That would solve all of our issues. I should just go out to Chicago tomorrow and just not leave and fix the if Cubs. It's all, if lives. the Cubs playing bad is the reason yeah. is because you are not here, then That's I have no choice other than to just blame you for all the pain and misery I've had to go through since March of 2022. It is my fault. It is my fault. I'm sorry for existing. I'm sorry for everyone's <laughs> suffering. And I will think about this tonight. <laughs> Brendan, you're the best. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for the insight. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Take care. See you, man. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future, Cody. Yeah, Kevin and Ryan. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does that work? Well, Kevin, <laughs> let me tell you, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours within three to four weeks customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that can start working on immediately each recommendation will include estimated energy savings cost savings project costs potential incentives and simple payback if you own a business don't wait get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz, Cody? Yes, Kevin, schedule it today. All right, Ryan that was Herrera. the best part of the show. That was pretty good. Thanks. That was a good little segue. Ryan Herrera joins us from the ballpark tonight. A windy and stormy Wrigley Field got out of there just in the nick of time, huh? Hit Ryan? the like button for Ryan. I mean, no, I'm still here. <laughs> well, I mean, the game. I should have said game yeah, ended just in the nick yeah, of time. There you go. Huh? There you go. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's honestly coming down. It was coming down for the last few innings, but obviously not hard enough to disrupt the game. There was a point in time where, like, the wind, the crosswind was so strong that it was just garbage on the field uh, just blowing in from the stands blowing out of the, the bleachers and just flying onto the field so tell yeah, it was kind of a game. mess those last few innings yeah <laughs> there you go yeah well we'll talk about the game in a moment I, I really am interested in this trade deadline stuff and you got to talk to Jed Hoyer before the game we heard him during the broadcast kind of reiterate some of the same things go a little bit more in depth we heard David Ross during the broadcast today talk about hey, obviously we'd love to add. We really need some first base power. We really am lacking, you know, some first base and third base slug. Things like common things that we've talked about a lot on the show. But sitting there with Jed today, could you read through some of his thoughts and some of his vagueness? Um, well, I think the one thing that he made pretty clear, and I mean, 
you know, the position is the position they're in is the position they're in. So all the words don't mean anything if they don't get better. Right. Um, but he, he makes pretty clear and he's made it pretty clear the last few times they talked to him that they, they obviously want to add like the people that think this team is, is looking to tank again and looking to sell everything. Like it, that's not the goal of this season. That's not what the goal of the season's ever been. Um, and so I think they're, they are still looking for reasons to actually make additions to this team, whether that's even just smaller additions, you know, a, a, a better bullpen or whoever, whatever it is, like it's not, they're not going to go all in and trade, you know, got the farm system to try to win a world series this year. I don't think, but um, they want reasons to not break up this club and kind of let them go the full 162. Um, today obviously wasn't one of those reasons, you know, Kyle Hendricks gives it, what was it? Five home runs, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Four home runs. Four, four, um, four. four. Yeah. Four home runs for Kyle. Like obviously his worst start since he came back. Um, and the outside of Bellinger, the offense just didn't get anything going. Um, yeah, listening to Jed, it's it's very clear that the team doesn't the front office doesn't want to break up this team. They don't want to sell you know whatever value valuable pieces they have. They would much rather be closing in on a playoff hunt. You know they're talking about the marquee, you know the marquee app, right? They want people to to want to buy that and watch it. They want people to come to the sports book. They they want people to care about a winning Cubs team, which um, they're just not getting right now. That's what I've been trying to say the whole show. You, you you explained it a lot better than I did earlier, but I got Gary in the chat calling me crazy for that. Everyone's calling us both crazy, to be honest with you. But people call me crazy every day, so I'm used to it. It's all good. You just got used, you used to it. You got to vibe with the people. Let them know, like, hey, I'm just a little weird. You guys are weird, too. We're all here together, going through the pain and misery and the good times. So, anyway, uh, Ryan, Cody Bellinger, two homers tonight. Um, did you know that those homers only would have left beautiful historic Wrigley Field? Really? Yes. I did not know that. Only. And I was hey, curious hey, if hey. you knew, if you knew, like, maybe if you had asked, if anyone had asked Bellinger, because uh, we, me and Kevin were kind of laughing about it the fact that both those homers only would have left Wrigley Field. So we, we thought because the wind, you know, helped some yeah. of those Red Sox homers get out, you know, I didn't know if maybe you admit if anyone had talked to Bellinger about that or not. No, I mean, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't even look at the, the stat cast, like how many ballparks of this have left. Um, no, that's the first time I, you, you telling me is kind of a surprise, but the wind was blowing out for a large majority of the game. Like the Red Sox, Probably were helped a couple times by, um, you know, the wind. I think Bellinger, one of them at least, fell into the basket. Um, so that obviously was aided by the wind a little bit. Um, home run's a home run. They're not going to, you know, he's going to take it, right? But, um, no, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that specifically. But, the you know, you see the wind blowing out all game today. And sometimes you feel good about that for with a guy like Kyle Hendricks because he's more of a ground ball type pitcher I guess historically right but it was more of a ground ball type pitcher um but for a guy that pitches you know he doesn't have velocity he pitches to a lot of soft contact uh if on days like this you can't miss and Kyle Hendricks you know he talked about that he thought he made some really good pitches today uh but there's some some of the times that he missed a guy like Rafael Devers took advantage of, right? Two home runs and one in the second, one in the third. Like, um, Yeah, and that yeah, second one was just an absolute missile off the right yeah. field board. I mean, that ball left the yard in about half a second. 
Yeah, it was. It, he got a hold of it. He got a hold of both of his. I want to say, um, but oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, the wind helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the wind helped for sure on, on some of those home runs. But um, it is one of those days where a, you know a Kyle Hendricks that's missing some spots, plus the wind blowing straight out, um, equals just not a good day on the mound. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about. Kyle, the home run rate is usually uh, he he doesn't give up a ton of those. Obviously, a tough start tonight. Here's what we do know about this team right now, and because this is like, you know, this is first show post All Star break, we've heard a couple teams now come in and say in the NL Central specifically. Brewers, Corbin Burns spoke to the media today, said the Brewers aren't trading me. We're looking to add. The Reds have said we're going to add. The St. Louis Cardinals said, we are going to sell. The Pirates haven't said anything yet, not to my knowledge. So the Cubs are kind of in this leeway where they want to add two. And a guy like Bellinger, I don't know, just trading him when he's playing such great baseball right now, I guess it would make sense for a contender. And if the Cubs can get it, you know, if they can get a bidding war going, guys who need a left-handed power back, because obviously you can always use those in the postseason. But, man, if the goal is to win – Trading Bellinger, I mean, dude, he's playing so great right now. His OPS, Ryan, you tweeted it's like 1.14 since coming back or something. His last 16 some, some games. crazy. I mean, yeah, he's, he's just playing out of his mind right now. Trading him think, would suck the wind out of this fan base. Well, I, th- I, th- I don't think that you're looking at him being traded, like, in the next few days or anything. I, I think I, unless the Cubs, like, lose every single game, like, going forward right now, I think this – those decisions like they're going to try to take it as long as possible so it could be you know that weekend in st louis where some of these bigger trades actually go down because it's like kind of it's gotten to the point where it needs to happen um i mean if you get two weeks from now and bellinger still hitting this well and the cubs are in a position where you are buying or uh, selling makes more sense like they're they're not they're, they're too far out of the division they're too far below 500 I mean, I'm going to disagree. I think I think you have to trade Bellinger um, if you're looking to recoup any value from that. I mean, Bellinger is a great clubhouse presence. Don't get me wrong; great to talk to, um, great you know veteran guy that he's only put 27, 28, but he's been around the game a long time. Um, knows how to win at this level. Knows how to you know he was an MVP before. He knows the trials and tribulations of succeeding at the major league level. Yeah, he's had his last couple seasons where he hasn't been as great um but he's not, I mean, he looks obviously a lot better uh this season but i think i i think if, if it gets down to it you can't just you can't hold on to him if you're the cubs if it gets down to a point where you're in a position to sell versus buy you have to trade him and that, we talked about that on the show yesterday where it's just like it sucks that you you really can't give a team 162 games right because the trade deadline makes that impossible. You can't say we're going to give this team 162 games to figure it out because you, when you get to the trade deadline, August 1st, you have to make a decision on what way you're going to go. If you're going to make some additions to the team or you're going to sell some of the you – know, get some value out of the guys that are on expiring contracts or whatever. Um, that's the business, and that's the sucky part of it. But that's just, if that's where the Cubs are at, I can't, I can't sit here and say that in two weeks if the Cubs are in a position to sell, they should still hang on to Cody Bellinger. I just I think my take on it is it depends on where how far back right like I think if they're at 500 or a game or two under 500 I think 
they're still right there with the Reds and the Brewers, and which then I think that they can still have a chance. And I think trading Bellinger is a bad move. But if they are well, in a, that's what I'm saying is is if they're in a position to sell, like that's that's yeah. the whole. Well, a lot of people think they're in a position to sell right now, so it's just like they kind of are. Yeah, they they have to improve. They have to get better. There's right. like seven games. I guess five when first. you're six under, yes, I feel like you're more likely to sell than you are to buy. That's for sure. Six, six under, I just, seven games back. Like they have to be better. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I just wonder what I just wonder what Cody Bellinger rental the way he's playing right now. What that gets you? Because again, if the goal is to be better next year, and the year after that. And you're getting a return from like mid-level guys. You have you have a great farm system now. You've rebuilt it. You have a top ten farm system. I really well, it would have to be on, the return. He's, he's on a he's on a expiring contract, and he's not going to sign an extension. Like he Scott Boris is his agent. Like he's not going to sign the extensions. Like he's going to hit free agency. So whether you hold on to him for two more months or trade him, whichever route it goes, like he's going to be a free agent and. I don't think he's going to give the Cubs a hometown discount if they hold on to him for two more months, you know? Like, I don't see that coming when Scott, yeah, when Scott no. Morris is your agent. So at, at any point, you may lose. Even if you hold on to him for two more months, there's still obviously a scenario where you lose him in the offseason anyway. So I think it depends I, yeah, on what I, happens I in those two months, though. Those two months would be crucial. He's going to hit free agency. Like, that, well, he's gonna be it's crucial agent. depending on the numbers that he puts up. Ever, like he had that insane April, right? And he's been great in July, but he was hurt for a month. And like I don't think he's earned a seven, eight year deal. I think he's earned maybe a maybe a four or five year deal, twenty five million dollars a year, whatever. Like he's gonna is a mutual option for twenty five million next year, if which he won't take. But I'm just saying, like he's gonna make the same money that the he potentially could make the same money that the Cubs were gonna pay him anyway if he were to actually take that mutual option. But what I'm saying is, regardless, he's gonna hit free agency. So whether you whether you trade him and listening to attempt me. to resign him in the off season, or you hold on to him for two more months and hit free agency. Your, your chances of re-signing him are probably the same regardless of what route you take. So you can either risk losing him and, and whatever but not get anything at the deadline if you're in a position to sell. Again, that's the proper context there. Or you get some value back. He still liked his time here, obviously, and you, if you pony up, you might have a chance of re-signing him in the offseason. That's the way I look at it. I think as far as the business of baseball goes – they have to make the they have to make the right decision depending on where they're at two weeks from now. Yeah, man, I I don't know. I, you're definitely right. He's not going to sign an extension. You're you're 100 right. Boris clients don't do that, so I guess it would make sense if you are, you know, far enough out of it. But I don't know. I maybe that is maybe that is the fan in me coming out a little bit. I have enjoyed watching him play baseball so much. It is so fun to watch a player that just does everything right. And it would take the wind out of all of our sails to see him get traded because that signals the white flag on the season. Um, so hopefully hopefully we don't have to do that. Hopefully that they do add, like you said, they want to. Those comments from Hoyer did sound a little optimistic. But again, you got to start winning some games. And this is, a, this is not an easy team. The Red Sox might be in last yeah, place in the AL East, but they're a damn good team. I mean, they're, they're hitting the ball like, and – just from a from being there today last question for you brian bayo man he looks this kid looks legit he looks really really good he looks like a homegrown young guy that's going to be around uh beantown for a long time 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't obviously know much about him going to this game. I mean, he, you know, the Cubs, obviously Bellinger still got him a couple times, but outside of that, the Cubs didn't do really anything against him. What the sick, how would it be? Besides Bellinger, six hits, one run, he still struck out five. Like, like yeah, he's a solid pitcher. I, I don't know, you know, like, I, I have no idea where his career trajectory goes from here. Um, but you know, coming out of a break, facing the Cubs at Wrigley Field in a weird game where the wind's blowing out, um, is able to you know put together a quality start and and keep the Cubs for the most part off the board. I think, yeah, this is a good game for him. I I guess we'll see where where it goes for him and what he does in Boston. But that's that's a solid performance from him today for sure. I'm sorry I yeah, lied. One more thing. Uh, uh, oh, you have one more. Thing? One more thing. Were we going to see Dansby this series? You think or no? Um, so he's not eligible to come out till Sunday anyway, just from the sounds of it, they're, they're still kind of evaluating him. They were doing that today are, are going to continue to do that tomorrow. Um, you know, Ross kind of used the word, hopefully as far as Sunday goes, I think my gut's telling me, no, I don't know if like, he's going to be on the IL for like a long period of time, but my gut's telling me he just based on the. Um, you know, what we kind of, what Ross kind of said today. Just, yeah, my gut's telling me that he's probably not going to be ready to come off the IL on Sunday. We'll see how much longer that takes. If if it, he does, in fact, not come off the IL on Sunday. Um, you know, obviously the Cubs for sure are hoping that he's not on the IL for much longer. Uh, but it, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a minimum stint to me, uh, but we'll see how much longer it is after that. All right, I hope the Cubs aren't in position to sell. That way I can forget about everything you said about Bellinger. <laughs> Who you got tonight? That's where, we're, that's where I'm ending that. Okay. <laughs> Who you got tonight? Uh, I don't think Bellinger should win yeah, because Bellinger. those were pop-outs in 29 of 30 ballparks. <laughs> so I think Talkman Bellinger. should win. Nope. Sorry. It's a home yeah, run Bellinger's who you got tonight. I was, just, I was just being a jokester. Yeah, Bellinger, two homers. Kevin was being homers. me for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. Talkman's Talk the runner gave up. Him a run. He no, Morell's probably the runner oh, yeah, up, right? Morell had three hits three and a stolen hits. base. And a stolen base. So, Master Boney had three flyouts to the warning track, though. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Cody, weren't you in between Master Boney and, and Barnhart? And yeah. Barnhart had the two hits. Barnhart hit a double, and I was like, "Damn it! I picked the wrong guy. I couldn't decide." <laughs> yeah. But I went with Master Boney because he had the lowest batting average of the two, and. Uh-huh. That's that's how I make my decisions. I take the worst player. For sure. Tucker oh. Barnhart now hitting 208, I believe, on the season. So Big ups for he's, he's above the Mendoza line, guys. <laughs> All right, Ryan, good stuff. Thank you for uh, – so, yeah, you're 20 and 62 now with the Bellinger pick. So, your 20th win of the year. According you're, to my tied, you're tied with Luke Stuckmeyer. Look at that. Someone Back to winning. Someone tell Luke that way he starts sending picks again. <laughs> he hasn't sent a pick since he went on vacation. He's having himself quite the time. He's, he's not even checking. Stucky, if you're listening, vacation. we miss you. Yeah. He's too busy on the beach si- sipping pina coladas and enjoying <laughs> not having to talk to us. Yeah, that's exactly what he's Did doing. Did someone teach him how to use threads yet? Yes, he actually created a Threads account. Luke Stuckmeyer has a Thread, so go give him a I follow. I don't even have a Thread, and Luke has a Thread? <laughs> Luke yeah, has a Thread. Well, yeah, yeah. Our, oh Sarah's God. the new Luke. Our oh boss has kind of told us we had to. 
Hmm. Corey's kind of he rebelling, did? but yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like we were I've kind been of avoiding. I that. guess we were kind <laughs> of in, we were encouraged to like the they encouraged like all of the CSU content people. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one. It's it's kind of fun. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, all right. Ryan, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for popping in and joining us from the ballpark. Sounds good, guys. We'll let you get home safe. Okay. That's- thanks, Ryan. Talk to you guys later. Drive safe through that storm. Um, before we uh, end the show, we forgot to do this, but DraftKings, king of the game. Oh, yeah. Throw it on Which up. is clearly Cody Bellinger. Uh, this is, once again, a sign that – Luke Stuckmeyer is, is needed on this podcast. Like yeah, we that would, him. We, we would have definitely kicked the well, – at least in the first segment, we would have <laughs> talked about it or at least. The king but, of the game. Yeah, the king of the game. Uh, two homers tonight. O- OPS near 900 now. Batting th- over 300, I mean. Yeah, he's a monster. He's their second best player. I'm just – like, I understand where Ryan's coming from. I saw some of your comments in the chat, like, Ryan's being real, Cody, get over it, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm fucking tired of selling, dude. Yeah. I'm fucking tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say fuck on this show, but I'm fucking tired I'm of so it. I'm so tired of seeing, oh, Cody Bellinger would really look great in pinstripes from John Heyman. Yeah. I'm really – I'm just so tired I'm of so, seeing those art. Because he said that about Rizzo two years ago, and that's when where are, he ended up. When is so. this organization going to freaking just uh, – Yeah. Like, even though this team isn't going to win the World Series, you're right about this team poten- supposed to be, like, yeah, they got turning talent, the corner man. into 2024. This team should be better next year with PCA on the rise. You got better pitching prospects coming up next year. Like – I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't understand. I get it from a baseball business perspective, but trading away with Cody Bellinger only makes you have to fix another hole in the offseason. Trading Marcus Stroman only makes you have to fix a hole another in the offseason. Why it not? Creates more if holes. You, I'm not saying you have to extend them bef- before the deadline. I'm saying why don't you go ahead and get, figure out a contract with them in, in the offseason. Like Stroman specifically said he wants to be here. Why wouldn't he want to be here? If you keep him, why wouldn't he want to be here in three months? Bellinger played well here. The Cubs gave him a shot after the Dodgers DFA'd him. You telling me that they that he's not interested in staying here? I know the money is a big part of it, but it's not like he's demanding $35 million a year. He's a gold glove outfielder and first baseman, basically, and is the best hitter on your team. Like, when are we gonna when are we gonna finally try to win baseball games, man? And we haven't ruled it out for yet. A, they might for a try full and buy. 162. They I, haven't they I haven't asked ruled for it out. meaningful games in September. That that was my expectation, it's dude. It's still possible. It's still possible. They lost tonight. It's still possible. Maybe we can get an education or take a couple classes from <laughs> Lewis University about trade deadline business. That would be uh that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, there's your two rants for the night. I think I had one in the first segment, and there is one now. So. They're not sellers yet. They're not sellers yet. They're not sellers yet. I'm going to say on this, though, Lewis, Lewis <laughs> University. Students just like, just like, are just like you guys. Full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University, 35 miles southwest of Chicago and Romeoville, ranked as one of U.S. News & Reports top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work family and education faculty bring real world experience and instruction to the classroom which is immediately relevant to your career we offer career support and academic resources for adult students 
looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. We're just going to highlight one here. Uh, I say this every time. Computer science, data science, it will lead you straight into a baseball front office at some point in your life if you do that at Lewis University. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, but studying something like that could lead you into a baseball front office. Might be a pretty sweet job, too. Yeah. So discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. Whew. Okay. Yeah. Well, we are way over time. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us today in the chat, a Friday night hanging out with us. Thank you to Sarah for producing and uh, spending an extra 20 minutes on, on this Cubs loss show and a bunch of rants, but they're not sellers yet. Not yet. Not yet. Swear they to lost God, today 8-3. to three. You still have a chance to take the series behind your two best pitchers. Starting tomorrow, Stroman gets the ball. Uh, and then you're going up against the Big Maple. James Paxton gets the ball for the Boston Red Sox. The guys will be back with you on Monday, correct? Uh, Corey and Brendan on Sunday. Corey and Brendan Sunday. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be back on Monday. I don't know if Luke will be back yet. I don't know how long his vacation is, to be honest with you guys. I miss Luke. I feel like I haven't seen him in forever. Uh, It's a homestand, so it'll be me and whoever the hell is going to join me, because Ryan will be at the ballpark. I'll definitely be in a couple times next week, so looking forward to it, man. Corey will be in. Jared will be back from vacation, too. Sweet. We had 963 comments this show. Wow. That's a lot of mad people. That's That's a successful Cubs therapy session, I would say. Yeah. Well, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Again, Cubs lose 8-3 to to kick off the second half of the season to the Boston Red Sox. Marcus Stroman goes tomorrow in Game 2. We will talk to you guys on Sunday, Corey and Brendan. Until then, fly the W.